everyone. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast at the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and so glad you have joined us. We've started a series that we are calling That's Not What That Says, where we're looking at some very common verses that are quoted in Scripture that are very often used to try to inspire us in difficult times or give us the motivation we need in difficult circumstances or just verses that just kind of get get quoted a lot that very often the way that we use them, the way that we quote them really doesn't do justice to what really the verse means. And so we're looking at some of these key verses to try to figure out exactly what they mean, because I think what we've done is we've taken a very simplistic view of what these verses mean, and as such, are really losing and missing out on the depth of what it is that God is really trying to communicate. If, uh, if you did not join us in our last episode, I just encourage you to stop and go back to the very first ones and then kind of catch up. Because last time we looked at Philippians 4.13 and this, and this idea that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, that we very often use that to motivate us to do things that really God hasn't promised that he would do. He has promised that he would give us the strength to endure whatever this life has thrown at us, but he has not promised us that we would have the ability to do anything and everything. And so very often, a lot of these verses, I'm just noticing the ones that we're kind of doing over these first few weeks, that one of the things that all of them have in common is they're verses that very typically get quoted when we find ourselves in a difficult or stressful situation. And I think very often we find ourselves in difficult, stressful situations, we're looking for answers. And the answers that we're looking for, we want them to be simple and easy. But unfortunately... Um, the reality of this world is, is that when we find ourselves in difficult situations, the answers and the hope and the thing that is going to push us through, those answers are rarely simplistic or easy. There really is more, more depth in the understanding that we need to, to understand about ourselves, about sin, about the way the world works, about what, who Jesus is, about the way that God um, intervenes in our lives. It's usually incredibly more complex. And we, we fear that, but honestly, the more we can really embrace and understand the depth of what it is that God has called us to and the life that he's called us to and the real, the real answers to the difficult circumstances, like that, that, that's where power is. That's where life is. Life is, I don't want to say never. Oh, okay, well, never found. It's never found in the long term by believing overly simplistic things that just aren't true. And so today we're going to be looking at a verse in Romans chapter eight. Now, this is one of those verses that I think that when people use it, it's not that they're misunderstanding it. I think they are just straight up misquoting it. I don't, I don't, I wonder, sometimes I wonder when people talk about this verse in Romans chapter eight, if they've ever actually even read it or all they know is what someone said to them. And so before I read the actual verse in Romans 8, 28, and um, I'll just kind of say the way that, um, that very often people will, will say it to us. So again, this is a situation you find yourself where something bad has happened to you and you're trying to process this bad thing that's happened to you. And someone will say, hey, don't you forget, the Bible says that God is working all things for good. God is working to make this good. And the way that it gets said, the way that it gets phrased, and the way that it's used in context makes it, you're communicating to somebody that this thing that you're going through now 
may seem bad, but God is working to make it good. That God is going to take something that is bad and make it good. And that if somehow you can just wait or you can kind of change your your viewpoint, then you can look and find something that even though right now you think it's bad, you are going to look back later on it and say, that in fact was good. I would I would like I would like to suggest that that is not what this verse says, and that and that, that principle is not even true. There are things that are just bad, and there isn't anything that you can do to make them good. Pandemics are not good. Pandemics are bad, and there's anything you do to make it good. Death is death is bad. Earthquakes are bad. There are things that are just bad. Losing your job is bad. These are bad things, and you can't make a bad thing good. Jesus and, and God has not promised that he was going to turn bad things and make them good. Here's what it does say. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I hope that you are hearing a little bit of the, um, the prepositions that are being used here to kind of describe exactly what it is that Paul is saying. And again, we're going to look at the, the, the verses before this, make sure we understand this in context. But here's the thing. If all we had is verse 28, I think we could get pretty close to it. Here's what we know. And we know that in all things, God works. So we're saying God is working in all things. So whatever the thing is, whatever the circumstance is, whatever the trial is, whatever the circumstance, whatever it is, whatever is going on in it, you need to know that God is working in that thing. But what is he doing? What is the work that he's doing? Is he working to make a thing bad? Is he working to make it good? No, it says he is working in all things. He works for the good of those who love him. So whatever circumstance you find yourself in, you need to know God is working. And the work that he is doing is for your good. We'll explain a little bit more what that means. But the best way to do that is to um, go back a few verses. We'll start at verse 18 of Romans chapter 8 and get a little context here of what it is that Paul's trying to communicate. Romans 8 verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So Paul's right here, 18 through 22. What Paul's saying is, is that they're essentially saying here is that the world is broken. The world is broken and we're suffering. And not only are we suffering, but the, the world itself is suffering. The world itself is just kind of groaning in pain from the accumulation of our collective sin. We could spend a lot of time talking about this. This is idea that I think, um, unlike some spiritual concepts, um, some, some spiritual concepts get more and more difficult to explain the more quote unquote advanced our culture gets. But I think this one is becoming easier to explain. If I were to say that the cumulative decisions 
and the cumulative sin of people has an effect on our planet, I think people would instinctively understand that. But I think it is more than in a physical way, it's in a spiritual way as well. Our cumulative sinfulness, our cumulative acts have an effect on this world in a really deep spiritual way. This is what Paul is describing. We're suffering. We're going through difficult times in part because the world itself is broken and is groaning out and is in pain from the collective sin of the world. And this is what he says. This is the circumstance we find ourselves. We find ourselves in the midst of suffering. We find ourselves in the midst of trying to live on a world that is completely broken. Verse 22, and that creation, it's been gro- it's groaning as if in the worst parts, the, the, the most painful parts of childbirth is what it's like, is what it feels like, what the world is going through. Verse 23, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we, eager, as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. In the same way that the world is crying out in pain, there's a sense in which us in these kind of broken temporary bodies are doing the same thing. We are yearning for something different. We feel this isn't right. This isn't the way it was supposed to be. This world is too broken. My body is broken. It's not supposed to be like this. The world is supposed to be different. My life is supposed to be different. I was created for an eternal relationship with God, but I live in a broken body in a broken world. Verse 24, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So I don't feel right. My body's not right. This life's not right. The world's not right. It's broken. I'm broken. Everything's broken. The world is crying out. I'm broken. You're crying out. This isn't right. Something's wrong. I'm, I'm yearning for something different, a, a different type of peace, a different type of body, a different type of life. I'm yearning for this. And then Paul says, but this is exactly why we were saved. We were saved because God was going to, he's going to give us something different. And, and, and we're not sitting here wishing for something that we have, that somehow that if I try real hard, I can have a, the, a perfect life now. It's not, it's, not, it's not what we're talking about. This is something that you can't see, that you don't have, but we're waiting for it patiently. So we find ourselves in this difficult situation and we, are, and, we, and we wish our world wasn't broken. I wish that I wasn't broken, but God is teaching us to wait for it patiently. And at the same time, it says that the Holy Spirit is helping us in our brokenness, in our brokenness, and our weakness. He is with us. He is praying for us. And he's praying for us in a way where he, what he is saying is too powerful to be even put into human words. And so at a level that we can't understand, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us to help us through our weakness. And he searches our heart and, he know, and, 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 and the Spirit and, and connecting with what what our hearts are longing for and what God is offering us because the spirit, he intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God to help us live and do and be exactly who God has called us to be in this moment while we're living through this brokenness. And know this, that in everything, in all of the brokenness and all of the hurt and all of the worst groanings that this world has, 
in the worst groanings that you have, you need to know that God is working. God is working and he is working for your good. If you love him, you've been called according to his purpose. You need to know that the God of the universe is working for your good. Not saying that suddenly that the world's not going to be groaning anymore or that you're not going to be groaning anymore or the thing that that God has promised you in the future is going to happen right now. But in what is happening right now, in the brokenness and the hurt and the exhaustion, in all of that, you can know that God is working for your good. And there's a peace and a trust and a joy that comes from that, from understanding, man, that the God of the universe, he's on my team. He's, he's, he's working for me. And I think, I think the challenge here, though, is like, okay, he's working, okay, he's working, but he's, he's, he's working for good. And again, when we hear good, that God is working for my good, we just think hey, that means he's working to make circumstances good. That is not what this passage says. It's saying very much the opposite of that. It's assuming, again, circumstances are bad. It's assuming that circumstances are bad, and the only way that they are going to get good is in a future life, not in this one. It's not to say that we won't have different ups and downs, but he basically saying is like the world is broken and you're broken. And that's kind of the way that it is right now when you are here in this, in, in, in this world. And the hope that we have is in the future. But even in that, God is working and he's working for, he's working for your good. And I think the best way to, 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 to understand that is to say he is working for you to be good. He's working for your good and that you will be good, that you will get better, that you will grow, that you will learn, that you will become more like him, that, that the sin in your life will start to fade away, that, that you will start to be more like Jesus and that you will be becoming a better person. And, and unfortunately then, so then if we're going to just kind of turn this into more of this kind of a, a colloquial expression then unfortunately, God working all things for good really means, you know, it really kind of has more of a, a vegetable mentality or, or a workout mentality. Okay, I know, I know it's bad. I know it's bad, but you're learning something, you know, it, it, grow, it, it builds character. I don't know if you ever had a mom or dad that was always telling you that something was terrible and that's okay, it builds character. Um, it felt very dismissive when they said it. There's a little bit of that what's going on here that no matter what is going on in your life, know that behind the scenes, that in the thing and in you, God is working and he's working to make you good. He's working so you can be good for your, for your good. And again, for your good doesn't mean he's going to make the circumstances good. It certainly doesn't mean that he can take a bad circumstance and make it good. It just means that God is working for your good. And you may think, whoa, 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 whoa. But, you know, you said the pandemic is bad. There's nothing to make it good. But if you, if you look at it from certain points of view, you can say that there are some good things that can come from it. Again, that is a perfectly good concept for you to have, that there are some upsides to difficult circumstances. If someone that you love who puts their hope and trust in Christ has died, there is some good to that, that they, they are now free from pain, that they are now face-to-face with God. Those are good things um, that, you know, people have experienced some good things from working at home during the pandemic, their lives slowing down. There are some good aspects to it. And I think too often, I think that can be a really good thing for us to kind of learn to see 
the upside in negative circumstances. That might be a very perfectly legitimate, good thing for you to work on and your own perspective on how to navigate through difficult times. But again, that's not what this verse is saying. What this verse is saying is that the God of the universe is at work in everything to make you good for your good, to make you better. That's what he's doing. He's not, he's not trying to get you to see the sunny side of life. He's not trying to turn bad things into good things. He's trying to turn you into a good thing, into a better thing. And no matter what the circumstances is, whether it's a good thing, it's a bad thing, it's a terrible thing, it's a neutral thing, in everything God is working. So we can trust that. It doesn't make the thing that you're going through good. It doesn't necessarily, you know, it is, it is, it's, again, it doesn't turn bad things into good things. But it does, again, I guess it does allow me to have a different perspective. It does allow me to have a perspective that even though this is bad, I know that God is going to use it in part for my good. That's not to say that that's why it happened. God, God's making bad things happen so that he can make you better. That's not what this verse is saying. You, we can discuss predestination on a completely different time. It's not talking about predestination. This is talking about a God that no matter how bad things are, no matter where you find yourself, no matter how good things are, no matter how bad things are, no matter where you are, no matter what's happening, God is working. God is there. His presence is always there. His activity is always there. His desire for you to become better is always there. So let, let us take some comfort in that, that no matter how broken our world seems to be in any given moment, we know that God is active. We heard last time that God is going to give us the strength to get through it. And we know that now too, in addition to him giving us the strength to get through it, I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. Not only that, but he is working to help me get better to help me be more like him, to give me the character and the strength and the endurance and the patience and the love and the hope and the joy that I need to, to, to be better. This is a God that is always working. You are never alone. You are never alone in what it is that you're going through. His strength will get you through it and God is working. So again, thanks for joining us. We've got, a, we've got, we've got quite a list. There are plenty of verses to be able to look at to, to, to think that we, we use them, but we don't really, we don't use them the right way. We don't know what it really says. If you've got some suggestions or some verses or passages you'd like for us to address, feel free to shoot them to me at charlie at the grove church.org. I'd love, I'd love to see them. We would gladly do that. We've got a few more that we're going to be doing over the next several sessions. So I encourage you to keep joining us in our cultivate podcast as we're just kind of looking at these verses that we, that's just not what that says. And um, as always, if you are in Northwest Arkansas, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at the Grove Church. You can find all the information on our services at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. You can fill out a card. You can fill out a form there and let's let us know that you're listening any way that we can serve you, help you. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. But if you are not local, you can still join us on Sunday. We stream our services, our 1030 service every week on Facebook and YouTube. So be it online or in person, we would love to connect with you any way that we can. And again, thanks for joining uh, the Cultivate Podcast and have a great day.